Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Peter. And I'm Autumn. And this week we watched two early 2010s movies. And that's probably the only thing we have to connect them to each other. So yeah. we're going we're to roll with it. The first one is Bridesmaids, which came out in 2011. This was my pick. It's a movie I've been wanting to watch for a really long time. It is about Annie, the main character, who is asked to be the maid of honor in her best friend Lillian's wedding and the antics that come from that. Annie is very down on her luck. Her boyfriend broke up with her. He, she lost the bakery she was running. She has this guy she sleeps with who treats her like garbage and doesn't want to be her boyfriend. And so there's just this tension there. And she and Lillian have been best friends since childhood. And now Lillian's life is moving in one direction and Annie feels very stuck where she is. This movie has a great cast. Um, there's some really great actresses in here, including Melissa McCarthy, whose character is incredibly memorable. And there are some great jokes. It's definitely a comedy. And I'm glad that I finally watched it. What do you want to talk about with Bridesmaids? I don't know. Um, I thought it was very good. Uh, what did I give this? An entertaining? Yeah, I think every single episode you say, I thought it was very good. Well, I mean, we've just been watching some pretty solid movies, so, you know, what can I say? It was alright. I think it was... So, oh, like, so now it was just alright? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> it's gonna get lower the more you, con- you, or you uh, call me out on my <laughs> breathing scale. Um, so, what I think... Uh, kind of what I think about this movie is that it, it, it sort of defies a little bit in some ways the sort of stereotype of the, like, bachelorette party movie, right? Okay. Or the bachelor party movie. Either one. Bachelor slash bachelorette party movie is like a genre. Right. Like a micro genre that, you know, you see on, like, you know, we get movies like The Hangover, and then there's... I mean, I've seen a lot of them. I can't even remember half of them, to be honest. There's, right. They're all, like, very generic stuff yeah. that's my boys kind of a it's yeah, actually kind of yeah. a you know bachelor party movie um and and i've seen some actually really funny ones mostly there's one that's like australian that was hilarious and i cannot remember what it was called but it was very good uh and i've seen some really bad ones because it's just like that's like the kind of like it's a comedy like you know like when you if you're in high school and you have access to a streaming platform it's a comedy it might have nudity and uh, it's a party movie, basically, usually. So, like, that's a big draw for, like, a 16, 17-year-old kid. So I've seen a lot of, like, bachelorette slash bachelor party movies. Um, this one was all right. It, so the expectations for those movies is that they're going to be, like, absolutely wild. Um, the, usually, like, the bachelorette party or the bachelor party is, like, nuts. And there's some crazy problem. The bride slash groom gets lost or is kidnapped or I'm is... I'm really confused about where you're going with this. Well, yeah. Well, this one, they skipped the bachelorette party completely. <laughs> it's like 100% skip the party. Oh, yeah. So, like, well, they, you they, get the build-up They for, started to go there. Yeah. You get the build-up for, like, she actually, you know, it's the ask to be the the maid of honor and some of the earlier, like, bridal planning stuff. And there's the... 
you know, pooped in a dress on the road thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's like, and they, they're like planning a bridal shower and they're planning the bachelorette party. And the bachelorette party is like forced to go to Vegas, essentially. And then something happens on the plane and they just skip it all together. Completely skip. They almost make it seem like they were, like, it, it's confusing. That's actually confusing to me because, like, if you act up on a plane, when you get to your destination, do they, like, I don't understand how, like, why didn't they, why they didn't just stay in Vegas when they got Yeah, I don't kicked, know. Like, because they got kicked off the plane in Vegas. Yeah. So. And then they got sent back on a bus. On a bus. And I don't know if that happens. I don't know if you can send, like, force people to take a Greyhound back home if they've already got to, the, I mean, you can, like, ban them from the airline. Sure. That makes total sense. But, like, did they have the party in Vegas and then get... And we didn't see it, and then they got... They had to go home on a gray, Greyhound because they were banned from flying? Or did they... Like, I really, I really don't get it. I was really confused at that... Um, that juncture. But, like, yeah, this is a movie that's, like... It's a lot less, like, crazy, you know... Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff's happening. And a lot more of a, like... Like... There's some, some comedy scenarios that are a little more, like, low, low, like, wacky, like, energy to them. You look like you're going to disagree with me a lot, which is fine. I'm, I'm just confused. I feel like we're really getting ahead of ourselves, first of all. <laughs> okay, well, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Okay, well, anyway, like, the, the, the power, you know, it just, it's like, it's like a, like, like, the hang, if you compare it to The Hangover, like, obviously the plots aren't the same at all. Aside from the fact that there's a wedding impending, right? The hangover is like, like, crazy, 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 crazy. And then the end is even crazy. Like, they're like, they're like, the dudes are like throwing in their tuxes through the window of a car. He opens a sliding slide door of a sliding door of a van. Just like tosses in their tuxes and like into the car. And it's like this wacky, like, oh, we just made it on time. Whereas this one's very much just like, a, we're seeing this woman unravel. <laughs> and she's supposed to be part of a maid of honor party. And then it just sort of. Like, it's mostly focused on her unraveling and, like, some of the comedy that revolves around her unraveling and the mistakes that she makes that aren't really her fault, you know? Yeah. And then they get to the end. The happy end. Yeah, yeah. The, like, happy You know ending. what? I was saying to you last night that this movie, I enjoyed it. We both rated it entertaining. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I think you just made me realize what it is and I think that I there were just elements of it that were just kind of like sad like pathetic sad <laughs> not to be too harsh and I think that's what like kind of made it feel a little bit different to me than I thought it would not necessarily in a super bad way but yeah. I guess I just thought it was going to be more of, more of the top. what you're describing yeah and not so much with the sad parts, which there were parts of that that I really did enjoy because there was a lot of good character development. Like the fact that she starts off the movie sleeping with this guy who like absolutely refuses to be her boyfriend. John Hamm's character, yeah. Yeah, it makes you understand later when Rhodes, the policeman, um, and her have a night together, she like feels weird about it and leaves, even though he's clearly like perfect for her and so nice. If they just, like, had her do that, you'd kind of hate her a little bit. But yeah. because there's that backstory, you can kind of see where she's coming from, even though it's super frustrating. Yeah. 
Chris O'Dowd knocks it out of the park. It was, they did lightly address the fact that he just has an irreparably Irish accent. Yeah, I'm so glad they said like... something. <laughs> yeah, she asked him if he's allowed to be a cop. Are you if allowed he... to be a cop if you're, <laughs> you're not like a citizen or whatever it was, a natural yeah. citizen? <laughs> One of the main plots of this story is this whole idea of she's asked to be the maid of honor, she's the childhood best friend. But there's another woman in the bridal party who's only been friends with Lily and the bride for like eight months named Helen, who's like beautiful and rich um, and seems like she has her whole life together from the outside. You later learn that like her husband's never home and her stepkids hate her guts and this is literally all she has going for her. But there's some tension between her and Annie when at the engagement party is where you first get to see it. They meet each other and then Annie's giving her maid of honor speech and then after she's done, and it's like a really nice, just like simple speech. Yeah. And then Helen gets up and has to give all these specific examples, and that makes Annie question herself, like, did I say enough? Should I give some ex- specific examples? So she gets back up, and it ends with them singing, and and everyone else singing with them, and it's that kind of like awkward secondhand embarrassment kind of comedy, which is good. And the other three bridesmaids, so you've got Annie and Helen, and then you have Megan played by Marith- Melissa McCarthy. Absolutely hilarious. One of my yeah. favorite characters in the she, whole sh- in the whole movie. She has so funny. The best jokes for sure. Like there's no contest. She plays the groom's sister, but she actually like does not like her brother at all, <laughs> which is just not even a main part of her comedy. It's just something she throws in there every once in a while. The movie ends with her there she, Annie's watching Lillian and Dougie the husband drive away and Megan comes up and she's like dying laughing. And Annie's like, why are you laughing? And Megan's like, I put a loaded gun in his in his suitcase. He's never going to get past TSA. <laughs> What'd she say? They're, they're really going to, like, penetrate his holes or something. Yeah. Something, something they're really going to, like, clear him out, you know? <laughs> put a loaded gun in his carry-on. Yeah, so, so she's probably the main bridesmaid after um, oh, so Annie and funny. Helen. And then there's also... Rita, who is the mom the, from the Goldbergs, the bride's cousin, <laughs> um, and wait, is that her? No, uh, are we talking about which which one was? No, uh... you're right. Okay, yeah, and then Becca, who just got married, she's a newlywed, and she slowly starts to realize her marriage might not be as great as she thought it was. They're a little more of side characters than the other ones. Yeah, they, they kind of they kind of intimate that she's either married to someone who is, and maybe not, they're not like trying to make it a bad thing, but just married to someone who is either possibly asexual mm-hmm. or is actually gay and isn't yeah. super interested in her. Um, and that's Erin from The Office. If, yeah. yeah. Um, and she just doesn't. I forget really know. what her actor, the actor's name is, as long as well as forgetting you know the mom from the Goldbergs actor's name as well. But uh, so. They're, they're very funny as well. It was like the their little back and forth and they kiss on the plane. Because yeah. they're both like, the, the mom from the Goldbergs hates her life and all of her sons. <laughs> My son called me a fucking piece of shit today. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. He's nine. There are some great lines. That The plane to Vegas is really where everything goes down. And I think our collective favorite bit happens on that scene. It was very good. I think the most over-the-top scene for me was pooping in the dress. I think that was, like, well, wacky yes. as heck. But, like, the funniest, like, But even like, better bit, than Air Marshal John? Uh, yeah, the funniest bit was Air Marshal John. Like, as soon as they get on the plane, 
Melissa McCarthy's character, Megan, you know, like, <laughs> just, like, sits down next to me and goes, I know she didn't, uh, you didn't check a bag or bring a carry-on or put anything up top in the overhead bin. It's okay. I know you're an air marshal. It's fine. I'm super cool with that. Uh, she starts <laughs> asking him, like, questions about being an air marshal. She's like, I'm not an air marshal. I'm not an air marshal. And then, of course, Kristen Wiig's character, like, you know, ends up, like, super high on Valium plus alcohol. And, mm-hmm. like, he's just, like, you know, all, like, out of it. And she's, you know, acting crazy on the plane. And he gets up. He's like, it's okay. I'm an air marshal. And she's like, I know it. Starts and then chasing they, him around the plane. They have a little romance. She ends up bringing him to the wedding, yeah. which is very funny. Yeah, that was a, that was a great bit. <laughs> Hence, now we've come full circle. Hence, why they get kicked off the plane and there is no bachelorette party scene in this movie. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the pooping in the dress? Oh, what I thought it was absolutely. That was really good physical comedy. Just like the gross physical comedy. And all of them <laughs> did a great on, job. One of them throwing up in the toilet. They got food poisoning at a Brazilian place that and Annie went like took them to, so it's like it's a, kind of her fault. And like <laughs> running into the bathroom. They're at this crazy high end <laughs> bridal yeah, shop. Super high end bridal Wearing shop. crazy expensive bridesmaids dresses and <laughs> Lily and the bride is in like a custom designer wedding dress yep. while all of this is happening. Continue. And there's this they like they run to the bathroom, uh, Goldberg mom runs and she's like throwing up in the toilet or whatever and then at least i think she was the one at the bottom yeah she was was. and then and then like melissa mccarthy runs to the bathroom and the toilet's taken so she just starts to shit in the sink and she's just sitting there in the dress on the sink and and then um you know aaron from the office runs in and immediately just throws up on the back of goldberg mom's head why are you was, calling them this? I wrote their names down as right in front of us. But I don't know what their actual, like, you know, their acting Right, but the are. character. Yeah, well, Rita and Becca. Becca throws up in the back of Rita's head. It's so funny. It was, that was really, it was like the wildest scene in the movie, pretty much. Like, there are other scenes, like. There's just a lot happening all over. Yeah, all the, the chaos of that scene just makes it perfect. Yeah. And then, you know. Lillian runs out in the street. Yeah. Maya Rudolph runs out in the street and just, like, slowly sinks to the ground as she begins to shit herself in this fucking dress. She's, like, on the street sitting in a big, poofy wedding dress. You, you know what I have to tell you that's, like, on topic but a little bit off topic? When I was looking up things about the movie to make my notes for this, I they have um, the character of Lillian. It's written Lillian Maya Rudolph, but the picture on Google is Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that that was real. It was weird. Not correct at all. <laughs> For some reason, I thought that Tina Fey was gonna be in this movie, but I think I might have it confused with something else. There are a lot of wedding movies out there. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of one that she's in, but I'm sure there is one. I don't. But yeah, this movie is a good, it's a mix of, there's a lot of memorable comedy aspects to it. If there had been more of that, I think, and there, I don't, I feel like there was plenty, but it wasn't enough to make this move up from an entertaining to a memorable for me, if that makes sense. I don't know if you agree. I really enjoyed it, and I think I'll remember a lot of the jokes, but 
as far as like the actual characters, like I know I will probably forget the main characters' names, and I I enjoyed the romance with Rhodes, but I probably won't really remember those aspects as well. No, yeah. Especially like the fact that she owns the the bakery is like such a disjointed side plot. Like, you get that one... I, they just needed something to show she was down on her luck, I'm sure. But you get that, like, one scene of her cooking in the kitchen. And then, of course, she makes the carrot cake for Rhodes that the raccoons eat. That he ate after raccoons were eating, which is maybe grosser than the pooping scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I thought that that was a little, like... It was, like, just a bit of an... Almost like a non-sequitur. Like, it didn't need to happen, I don't think. I don't think it really... I mean, like, obviously it gave us context for how, like, shitty her life is, really. And it, like, gave him a little bit of, like, you know, able to relate to her, relatability to her. But, like, I don't know. I didn't think it was that, like, enticing. And for a rom-com type of movie, I really wanted a more wrapped-up ending. How did you feel about the ending? It's just Annie and Rhodes leaving the wedding in the car. She's riding along in the police car and... It's it's happy and they're they're together, but it doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah, I don't know. It was very much. I would have loved instead of the at the very end they do this little like montage home video scene of Megan and Air Marshal John like sexily feeding each other sandwiches. I wish instead of that it would have been Lillian and Dougie at the airport getting caught by TSA. <laughs> I would have liked that to have been the the finale. I would have loved to know exactly how that went down. Yeah, because that was Tim Heidecker from uh, from Tim and Eric, and that would have been he could have done that real fun. Like they, they he was in that movie, and they he didn't they didn't have him do anything funny at all, which was like yeah, he's not in that movie very much. Yeah. <laughs> it was like dude, like he's like one half of Tim and Eric. Like they do the wackiest shit on Adult Swim, and you just don't see it in this movie. Like it felt like. I mean, they had him there mostly as a cameo. They didn't yeah. utilize his comedic talent at all, which is a little sad. <sighs> but this was good. This one has been on my list for a while, so I'm glad that we, we finally watched it. It feels good to get back into just kind of picking whatever we're feeling in the moment. So we're going to take a media break, and then we're going to talk about James Bond. Before we even talk about anything else, I just want to talk about Ted Lasso because I'm not going to be able to think about anything else until we do. Football is life! <laughs> Ted Lasso has become our life. Just just for two days because that's all it took for us to watch the first two seasons. Yeah. we I had started this with my family over Christmas and Autumn saw some of it like disjointed a little bit. And we saw some different episodes. So there were some that he was not there that I watched with his parents and his sister and then there was somewhere I had gone up to bed and he was watching so we had a very mixed experience of like oh I've seen this already and I have not <laughs> yeah I didn't seem like the entire second season so it wasn't a problem for me and I just got to relive the whole first like eight episodes or so um it was very good I really liked that show it was it was very solid you know I'm a big fan of like British comedy, you know, even, like, particularly if there's, like, a, sometimes, like, an American in a British comedy is particularly good, um, there, like, there are, I've seen a couple different shows like that, um, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret and, uh, Cuckoo are two that are, that come to mind, 
Cuckoo's Got Andy Samberg as the American. That's very really? entertaining. <laughs> well, at least for the first season. After that, it becomes uh, Taylor Lautner. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's they're they're both like I love. I love British comedians and like the comedy actors that sort of make that whole milieu of people. Um, very, very entertaining. I lo- I had already known like Nick Muhammad, who's one of the like main characters, right? Nathan. Um, I've seen him in stuff like he does panel shows and like different comedian bits. Um, I didn't know most of the characters who play the, 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 the football players. Didn't know them at all, really. Um, yeah, the guy who played Roy Kent, I guess, is a British comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just, oh my god. He gosh. won a Daytime Emmy for that, for his performance yeah, as Roy Kent. Did I you see saw that? that. He freaking deserved cool. it. Yeah. It was so good. It, it's just, it's one of those shows that is for everyone. Yes. Like, we finished it, and I immediately, like, I told the kid I work with he needs to watch it i emailed my dad and i was like you absolutely have to watch this and like make my mom watch it with you um it's just this great wholesome story about this guy who just wants to make the people around him better people and it's just this domino effect of like he shows them they can do that and they progressively get better and then they're kinder to the people around them and they get better and it's just oh it's so wonderful and i it's a new obsession. Like, I'm just reading everything I can about it. I, it's up there now for me. My favorite shows have always, I, there's just a certain feeling and I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. Like, I have, this is the third now of a show I can say is like an all-time favorite show. Yeah. And there, I don't know what it is about it, but it just like feels different in my heart when I like finish it or watch it. Like, The Mindy Project is the first show that ever made me feel that way. I think it's a level of just, like, it's funny. I really connect with the characters. I'm rooting for everyone, even the people who I find annoying to some degree. Um, And then I watched Superstore over the pandemic, like, just by myself in my childhood bedroom. And I felt the exact same way I felt when I watched The Mindy Project. And that's just how I felt watching Ted Lasso. Like, it just, like, has a, a place in my heart. Yeah. It's just so wholesome and funny and good, and the drama's there, and there are people you're rooting for, and, ugh. I thought it was so good. And it doesn't even matter. You know, I've never been a big sports fan. It really made me care about soccer. I was like, you and I were on the edge of the couch for some of these fake soccer games yeah. on, on the TV. Yeah, Richmond's not even a real team. <laughs> you know it's just something they made up for the show but like it was it was very good you know like i like uk soccer chants are hilarious oh my gosh you know? i told peter we have to name our next dog kent so yeah, we, can, we yeah. can just say he's here he's there he's every up and where yeah <laughs> when he has the zoomies <laughs> oh so good and just like like and i i like again i don't i don't give a shit about sports at all either you know but, like, like, this show's really good. The League, which is, like, about a group of dudes who play fantasy football together. Absolutely hilarious. It's, like, it's usually, it's, it's the, the other, you know, the other stuff is what makes the show, right? Like, obviously, they're playing. And he's but a very, this, he's this a coach. element you know? of sports, I think, yeah. brings people together. Yeah. And so it's such a great plot device for this kind of show. I think, uh... I think my favorite side characters. Danny Rojas. 
I, my favorite character, yeah, supporting characters. <laughs> I love Danny Rojas. He's hilarious. I love May, the the tavern Oh, my tavern gosh, owner. yes. Oh, she's so good. Um, I really like Coach Beard. He's one of the main characters, but, like... I, I really like him, too. Coach I, Beard is the best. I was not crazy about his, the one episode that was devoted entirely to him, which I won't get too into because I don't want to spoil anything. I love it when they do that, though. Like, I love it when it's like, oh, this is a side character that everyone enjoys because he's funny. Let's give him, like, a semi-serious, like, episode. The League does that a little bit with, um, there are, like, three or four episodes in that show where you focus on Rafi and Dirty Randy, the characters in League, which is the characters that Jason Mansukis and, uh, Oh God, I can't remember. Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, his name, his name just like flew out of my head, and I was like looking at his face in my head. Um, but like, yeah, Mantugas and Seth Rogen are like perfect together in those episodes, and they, you know, they just completely disconnect from everyone else in the plot of the story overall. <laughs> Sorry, um, the plot of the story, and it's just, just like pure like comedic beats and some serious beats. Um, but like, yeah, like I, I loved the, the beard episode. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, you know, it's a departure, but it's like, it's good. It's like every show does that. There'll always be an episode where you're like, oh, we're, we're zeroing in on one person today. Yeah. Paul, the guy at the, the bar is great too. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The, 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 like the big, the big guy who's one of the three, like, you know, just like. Hangs out at the 20 bar. 20-somethings yeah. that go to the pub and. And drink and watch football, yeah. The uh, super wholesome so one. Good. All the players just get great characterization, even the people you wouldn't necessarily expect to. Yeah. By the end, uh, it's so good. If you haven't watched it, please watch it. Isaac. Yeah, Isaac's great. Colin is funny. Isaac and Colin, yeah. Oh my gosh, everything. It's so good. It's just so good. Other than Ted Lasso, what else have I done? I'm gonna cough. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, I finished reading... We'll cut that the, in post. We won't cut that in post. I finished reading The Murder of Roger Ackroyd today by Agatha Christie. Dan's brother? I don't get that joke. Uh, no, Dan Ackroyd is, a, oh. is an actor. He's, he's the guy who plays... I can't remember his name right now, but, uh, you know, Ray. Is- he plays Ray on... <laughs> My throat is so oh, Autumn. Um, he's the guy who plays. He plays Ray on uh, on Ghostbusters. He's next oh, to okay. next to Bankman. Yeah. Anyway, brothers. I finished the murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. I knew who did it the whole time. My dad said it was a great twist, which I think <laughs> might have ruined it for me <laughs> because I was suspicious the whole time. Yeah. Because he told me that. When telling someone there's a twist <laughs> creates a spoiler. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. No, it's so it obviously was... not the obvious guy. It's the other guy because yeah. it's a twist. So it was it was good, but I didn't know, like, basically the whole time uh, what was going on. I started Blood and Honey by Shelby Mahurin, which is the sequel to Serpent and Dove, which I talked about a little while ago. I read it last month. It's this, like, witch and witch hunter YA fantasy romance. So I haven't gotten very far in that because I have been just, I feel like my brain's been all over the place, so it's been hard to read. So I've just been watching Real Housewives and Ted Lasso. Um, And I think that's really it for me. 
Yeah, I haven't been... Haven't read anything interesting. Been mostly playing, like, mindless, uh, you know, World War II games with the boys. Um, been still trying to catch up on uh, Critical Role whenever I can. I've been working on... Um, trying to get up the nerve to watch a new anime at some point. Um, I think I might be going with... Uh, uh, I think there's one called Welcome to the NHK. It's a little bit older, but I think I'm going to watch. Um, there's also like an eight-episode one on Hulu that I was looking at that might be kind of interesting. I forget what that one was called. Something Elf something. Or I, don't know. I don't even know. Elf Circle. <laughs> Who knows? It's only eight episodes long, and it didn't look too bad. But so I probably might give that a go. Um, but yeah, I haven't really been like looking at anything else. I don't think I've watched. We haven't, I haven't watched any more Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we we really very seriously devoted time to Ted Lasso. So yeah. next week we might have more to talk about. But I mean, this is already a ten minute long media break. So with two coughs. <laughs> Other was not impressed. Or the motorcycle race on top of a buildings in uh, in the beginning of James Bond's Skyfall. She was bored the entire time. I told you to give a plot synopsis. Alright, so Skyfall, James Bond movie. This is the third James Bond movie where Daniel Craig is Bond. This is additionally not related to the other two movies in which Daniel Craig is Bond. I think in Spectre, which is the one after this, they make some mention as to the like kind of relates um, uh, the 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 events of Skyfall back into the lo- the larger sort of network okay. of the Craig Bond movies, but it stands alone as its own sort of thing. This is the Bond movie where you know Daniel Craig or Bond himself he gets like taken out of commission. He's presumed dead. Comes back. Adele has her moment in the spotlight. Yeah, Adele sings the Skyfall song. That's not that's that's something that happens in every Bond movie. There's always a big song at the beginning. It's like a part of the format. It's very interesting. Right, which I I knew because we watched the Oscars with yes. Billie Eilish won for a, a for Bond, a Bond movie, song. Her and her brother. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's always always a Bond song, and then it, you continue the movie. Getting ahead of myself. Sorry, that's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted me to not win, like waver back and forth between related and unrelated info, and then we're taking a detour. Um, this is why we can't record at night time. <laughs> so this movie, Bond, like, he, he, he gets out because they think he's dead. They think that, you know, Eve killed him, one of the agents, um, accidentally, obviously. She missed her shot, was trying to kill this, you know, this guy named Patrice. Well, duty. Judy Dench. Duty Dench. <laughs> we can't record at night. Judy Dench told her to take the shots. So yeah. Was it really accidentally? Well, I mean, it's still like, she didn't mean to shoot him. I mean, she's not trying to shoot Bond. Terrorist attack happens. Someone from M, who is played by Judy Dench's past, is coming back to haunt her. He's trying to kill her. He's trying to, like, destroy MI6, essentially. So Bond gets roped in a don't he goes like goes all around like to China to Shanghai to Macau to this weird ass island in the middle of nowhere. Probably part of I don't even know where that was. I don't know if it was Europe. I don't know if it was like they took a yacht, so it could have been anywhere. I figured it was probably somewhere in the Philippines, perhaps. 
Um, just this abandoned island, city, island. Could have even been Italy. Who knows? Not a clue. No concept of time there. Macau, I'm pretty sure, is part of China. So, like, just strange. So they... <laughs> so, I think I might have a Macau flag, actually, <laughs> from Liam. He sent it to me for some reason. Um, anyway, Bond is trying to take down... And if, they, if you find out, like, an hour and... 10, 20 minutes into the movie, who Bond's actually going for, who the main villain is. Um, he kills the mercenary Patrice, and the main bad guy is played by Javier Bardem, right? Um, and he's this crazy ex, you know, intelligence agent that Judy Dench wronged by, you know, because he was getting a little nuts, and she so she so she gave him up and in return for like. So for a bunch of agents in a in an exchange between her and and China, well, while the Brits, well, the Brits still had Hong Kong, basically, mm -hmm. right? Um, so get through that. Uh, there's another attack during attack on Judas during hearing, and then eventually they make their way. They take the, a classic Bond car with the machine guns in the front and the ejector seat, the classic like old Aston Martin, right? And they take it to Bond's. Um, childhood home, like a big estate in Scotland called Skyfall. And that is where they have the final battle, Javier Bardem, Bond kills him, you know, and then Judy Dench dies, or M dies to her wounds. <laughs> Judy Dench is very much still alive. Um, <laughs> M dies to her wounds, uh, and at the end of the movie, they kind of set, it, set up the next couple Bond movies, with uh, Ray Fiennes' M. He's now the new M. If he was like a, he was a bureaucrat slash ex-lieutenant colonel who was kind of an issue before, but then, you know, his actions make Bond respect him because he, like, you know, helps to save him and get shot or whatever. And now there's this whole new, you know, they, they, they like, kind of usher in the new dynamic for the next couple movies, basically. Yeah. Here are my notes. She doesn't remember anything that happened. I'll just... I know. I She's looked at me confused several times during that well, plot I just don't know who Patrice is. Patrice is the mercenary. He's the guy that... The assassin guy that they were fighting at the beginning. The, the guy who she was trying to shoot and shot Bond instead. Oh, okay. And then they see him again in, in Shanghai and he, like, right. shoots an art collector. I gotcha. And they, Bond's, like, holding him and he's like, who's your, who's your employer? And the guy just, like, drops and dies, you know? I gotcha. Yeah. No, I just didn't know he had a name. Yeah, they, they say it, like, once or twice. Okay. It's not very... It's not, like... It's not as iconic as, like, Blofeld or something, but... Yeah. Have you decided what you're going to rate this? Because as of last night, you didn't have enough. I'd probably give it an entertaining. Entertaining? I, I think the song is memorable. Boring. But... <laughs> <laughs> Five stars to Adele. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know if she... I don't know if there's any reward awards for that song, but it's very solid. I originally saw this movie in theaters with my friends, um, like, back in, you know, back, back at home, where we grew up, basically, 2012. Mm -hmm. We were like, we were just like cruising around one night, and we're just like, you know, let's go see Skyfall. It was like a seven o'clock showing or something. Mm -hmm. We just watched it. Um, I remember it being really good in theaters, and I still, I think a lot of those like some of the like cinematography I think works better in a theater format than it did on our TV screen in our like kind of glare department. Especially the bits in Shanghai where they're like he's like walking through all these like panes of glass, all these reflections. It, that looked really cool on the big screen. It didn't hold up as well on our smaller TV, you know? 
But um, I, you know, I, I think it, it still mostly held up as a movie. Uh, the beats that hit real hard for me in the theaters still hit real hard watching it again, which was mostly... Um, so there's the groundskeeper at the Skyfall, you know, manor, the, man, the old, like, mansion, right? Kincaid. Kincaid. And Kincaid is played by, I think, Alfred Finney? Yes. Yep. Yeah, who I think plays um, Daddy Warbucks in one of the old Annie movies. Does he really? Yeah, I, I remember reading that for some reason. I think. I might could be wrong. But um, he's like a classic British actor, or Scottish actor, and he just, at one point, these, these like, black ops soldiers bust into the, the door, <laughs> and he just takes one of them out, takes two of them out with a double-barreled, sh- like, an old, like, hunting shotgun, and he just goes, Welcome to Scotland! <laughs> And then ducks behind it, you know, like a, a thing. Very entertaining. Very fun to, like, watch that, you know. Very cool. I was bored. Here, I was bored. Here are my exact notes. This movie relies a lot on you already knowing all of the Bond characters and some of the Bond background. Thankfully, Peter told me a little bit before we started. Otherwise, I probably would have been even more bored. And I don't have a lot of patience for that kind of thing, unfortunately, with this kind of movie, because I'm just not... It's Another note I have is this is, like, the most action-y type of action movie. Like, it is very little... It relies on you knowing who the characters are, yeah. and it doesn't spend any time on them. You're and, just going to watch a lot of explosions and a lot of jumping onto <laughs> trains and shooting and all sorts of things. And that's another note. I don't care about explosions, and I don't care about gunfights. On a positive note, I found Javier Bardem to be terrifying, which is positive because he's a great actor. He's supposed to be, and I liked the Eve Moneypenny character, and she is in Morbius. Naomi I think Watts. I saw today. Yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, Naomi Watts, of course, plays Eve Moneypenny. You don't know she's Eve Moneypenny until the very end. She's just Eve because. Miss Moneypenny is one of the like the you know Bond characters that gets repeated throughout each iteration of Bond because as I'm sure everyone's aware you know there's Bond's been playing been like in theaters for like 50 years now so over 50 years at this point this movie was the 50 year anniversary of Bond so basically we've had so many Bonds right because at the Oscars they did the Mm -hmm. the 70th right was would it have been the 70th it would have been 60th right if this came out in 2012, yes, so yes. it's 60, 60 years of Bond. I'm 10 years ahead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they so it, it's it's just like, it's a cinematic, like, it's almost a genre. Bond movies are their own genre at this point. There's just been so many of them. And there's been so many actors that have done varying degrees of success, like good jobs at being Bond, right? One of the most classic, of course, being... Um... It's a classic you don't remember. Good. Oh, come Good on. Man. It's the Scottish... You know, everybody loves him. Who talks like this? I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> you're so mean. He's in Celebrity Jeopardy skits, the SNL skits. Um, your mother, Trebek. You know, the... Oh, why can't I think of him? Autumn's literally Googling James Bond actors. So Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. People <laughs> love Sean Connery. People really like um, Roger Moore. Oh, well. Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore are pretty good. Roger Moore is, like, solid. He did a very long stint um, as Bond. When was Idris Elba Bond? 
I think he's planned to be another Bond. I'd watch that. There's been a lot of plans Holy for who, who would be these Bonds. Um, I guess he, it just might have just been in a Bond movie. I don't know if he's actually gotten the job yet. They were talking for a while of Daniel Craig leaving after the third one, I think. Which they kind of, like, made it possible. So, this movie is, like... Part of the reason that Autumn is so confused, I think, is because it's the third movie. Like, it sits alone in story-wise, right? It's not just because it's the third movie. It's because it's... I feel like in Casino Royale, they do a lot of character introduction, though. You would have learned I don't think I would have cared regardless. That's because true. I need it in every movie. I need to, like, have some kind of growth. Or I just... I can't have people riding motorcycles on trains and... Well, we shouldn't watch any Tom Cruise movies, then. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him, either, actually. <laughs> Tom Cruise rides a motorcycle in, like, every movie he's in. I have nothing against motorcycles as long <laughs> as the people who are riding them are well-developed. So, yeah, this does, this does you know, run off the assumption you already know Daniel Craig as, as James Bond, right? You know, Craig is Bond, you know, Judy Dench is M. Um, there's a new Q in this movie. Um, they introduce him as a new, I like, young like guy. Him. He's pretty cool. Um, Miss Moneypenny, of course, is introduced again. We get Ray Fiennes, who's an excellent actor as the new M at the end. Uh, I haven't seen Spectre. I haven't seen No Time to Die. I kind of want to see both of them. They're supposed to be really good. I have seen Casino Royale, and I have seen um, Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace was... A lot of people like call it pretty kind of boring. I thought it was all right. Casino Royale was entertaining. It was very good. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should have started you as your first Bond movie with like an older Bond well, Maybe a Sean Connery Bond might have been interesting. I think Moonraker, Goldeneye, Goldeneye is supposed to be, is a classic. That's a that's a classic Bond movie. I've seen a lot of like a lot of the older ones. They used to just play them on I can't remember which TV network it was on satellite. So like on the weekends I'd get bored and I would just be like watching TV at my you know in my childhood home, essentially. Uh, just like get on. Bond and just watch like four or five Bond movies in a row with commercial interruption which is just have them like on in the background almost and kind of watch them and I remember like some of those are really really good Diamonds Are Forever Moonraker um yeah Goldeneye is like a Roger Moore Bond and that's like a classic I think it's Roger Moore god if I'm incorrect then it's Pierce Brosnan because both of them are like solid Bonds like I could be like totally blowing it right now but <laughs> or it could be Sean Connery. I don't even remember. Um, either way, I probably should have started you on an older Bond, just to show you, but I think this one also does a really good job of not being, like, extremely sexist, because a lot of the old Bonds are super sexist, because, like... And you knew there that is, would bother me. Yeah, I, there you is even said something the concept of a Bond girl, which is the girl in the movie that James Bond repeatedly has sex with, essentially, and that usually dies by the end. And so he doesn't have any strings attached, right? Naturally. <laughs> you know? There's, like, Pussy Galore in one of the other ones. No, there's, her name is Pussy Galore, I think. I could be incorrect. That could be that could be something from Austin Powers, but I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure that's actually a Bond character. Like, the Bond girl's name is Pussy Galore. Um, okay, well, I'm not Googling that. Yeah, so we're I will much. later. I'll show you, just to make sure. If it's Austin Powers, it's also, like, you know, that's, that's a movie that we're going to watch at some point. Um, but, like... In this one, this this is actually kind of credited as being one of the Bond movies where um, the Bond girl is like almost not even there at all, and it's uh, Severin, mm -hmm. the girl who shows up in the Macau casino area. And I liked her. She's only in there for like 
I don't know, like all of 10, 15 minutes maybe of a giant you know, two and a half, two and like a two hours, 20 minutes movie. Um, she's there for a little bit, dies. <laughs> he has sex with her once, you know, but it's PG-13, so we don't see like anything too crazy. And you kind of like, there is like part of you that thinks is Eve money penny or is Eve going to be the Bond girl? But she's just like professional relationship, which is kind of how money penny is classically. She like flirts with Bond, but then they don't ever really do anything. They just like flirt mm-hmm. with each other as he goes into M's office, basically. I don't know. You have any other thoughts on the movie at all? No, that was my whole list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. <laughs> I'm just not, this is just not my thing. Like, I can see the appeal. Yeah. And it just never has been. Before Marvel, I thought that I just could not even like an action movie. Yeah. And I've been proven wrong. But this is the exact type of action movie that made me think that I didn't like them. Not that, like, there's a market for it, and I totally understand that. I just know what I like and what I need to, like, really enjoy a movie, and something like this is not going to do anything for me. I have a question then. So, would I hate you? It when you say you have a question for me, <laughs> would you? Scares so me. you look at like so. This is like an espionage action movie, and this isn't. Is this more of an action oriented Bond movie? Something like Casino Royale is more espionage, where he's like, he's doing his like playing the poker games. And... I love a good heist. If that's what you're I was going to ask, what do you? What would you compare this to? Den of Thieves, like that. Den of Thieves, of course, being the heist movie with uh, Ice Cube's son. Cube Jr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I vaguely did we watch that with Gina? Yes. Okay, I I vaguely remember that, but I I I liked that more than I liked this, but I also did not find that like I probably if we were doing these ratings now I probably would have rated that entertaining. Right. But it wouldn't have been like memorable for me because mm-hmm. I don't really. Remember remember it except for the association of ice cube's son and we watched it with gina yeah so like that movie is a lot more violent than this movie so like there's a thing about the bond oh yeah didn't i have to close my eyes at different points possibly a lot of people get shot in that movie like a lot of people get shot in that movie yeah i think i didn't like Like it as much as i'm kind of remembering (laughs) i just i i prefer a heist over okay what about um oceans we watched i liked i liked that one okay oceans 11 yeah yeah I want to see the all-female one because it has Mindy Kaling in it. Ocean's and 8, watch I, think, I think, is what that yeah. was called. Yeah. I just love I want to watch the other Ocean's movies. I haven't seen those yet, and I thought that was entertaining. So, yeah, I get so... Because I would say that Ocean's probably has the same, like... Well, actually, a little bit less level of action because they don't really go into gunfights in Ocean's, really. So, like, I think that the best part about that is that I love heist movies. They're, like, one of my favorite yeah. things. I love see, crime movies. See, I think, like, a big thing is, like, you get into like the guns and the weapons and stuff that's like actually interesting for you like i that is the most boring thing i could watch or if it gets gruesome it is the most gross thing i could not watch because my eyes are closed you had to close your eyes when he cut the bit of shrapnel out of his arm (laughs) it was first of all it was in his chest and second of all i was like right here yeah yeah. this is like shoulder-ish area i really remember um, yeah, I don't, I don't play with that kind of stuff. I don't watch that. Yeah, I mean, I think out of Bond movies, the, like, the three Daniel Craig movies I've seen, which are the first three, I think that 
Quantum of Solace had the least amount of action scenes, if I remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Casino Royale got really, like, really amped up towards the end. There's a lot of, like, gunfights and things like that, and I mean, my friends were analyzing the guns. This movie, it's just, like, there are, like, there are actually very, like, very few gunfights. I would say this this has, like, some interesting action set pieces. The, the, the motorcycle chase over the tops of the Grand Bazaar in Turkey. Very interesting, right? Um, Istanbul. Uh, and, uh, the, the resulting, uh, train decoupling <laughs> that he, like, rectifies by using a excavator that they had on the train to, like, grab the, the car before so he could, like, run across. That was really cool. Um, and there's, it's mostly just, like, pistol gunfights. Like, you're not getting, like, John Wick levels. You're not getting Den of Thieves levels of, like, you know, gunfights, you know, changing mags, shooting guys, dudes, you know, dying, basically. It's PG-13, you know, they're not going to show a lot of death death. We see a couple of guards in Shanghai get shot, but, like, nothing crazy, right? Um, it's mostly, like, pistol fights in this one. There is the really cool, like, him when they fight in that skyscraper and he's got that weird boxy suppressed like rifle that the guy, the assassin guy or the Patrice had just like shot the art collector with. And he's like, every time they like, they like do like a, like a grappling with it. And you see he moves like, poof, like shoots at a different window with it. Every time they like stop, it was, that was really cool. But yeah, I'd say this is pretty low on the like, like constant action scale. I think that might've been why it was a little like more boring for you. Or maybe not. I don't know. I, I, I did get a little bored rewatching this just because there are like long stretches of purely exposition based stuff that I thought was just a little a little too slow. I thought that the action beats were a little too spread out. Which is why I'm probably only give this one I'm only giving this one entertaining because you know, other than the banger song at the beginning by Adele, like it's just not it's not the perfect movie. It's a solid Bond movie, but it's not the perfect movie. Yeah. Anything else? Are we good? I think that's it. Okay, cool. Well, we'll see you next week when I make Autumn watch, um, I don't know, something else that she's not going to like. We, we actually already <laughs> have plans, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Hey, we do? For, for what we're watching over Easter. Oh, yes. It's going to be a okay. fun episode next time. We'll see you then. See ya.